When I went to college, the, it wasn't like here. You are assigned to a fellowship. We had, uh, they recruited us to join what we called societies down there. And, uh, and so I chose Epsilon Zeta Chi. And it uh, doesn't mean anything to you, a bunch of Greek letters, but anyway, it was a big uh, deal then. Um, we were known on campus as the Zeta Zits, which really wasn't uh, too uh, great of a positive, but I had some good friends and people I admired on the fellowship or on the society, so we determined we were going to make something of it. I want you to know we won the soccer championship and... Uh, uh, we had a number of things that uh, we did well uh, by the end of the time we were there and uh, had a lot of fun with it. But the thing I did enjoy especially was we would have uh, some prayer times together and so forth. And our theme verse, uh, you can turn there with me, was uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Well, you know, as a college student, um, how deep do you go into a verse like that? Because the die is gain part, uh, you know, it's easy to say we will, but you know, you're sitting in classrooms, I was sitting in classrooms, you know, everything is going on as normal. Um, by the way, it wasn't necessarily a piece of cake back then. I was uh, in college, and know oh, this dates me, during Watergate. And so we lost our president. Then during the Carter era, in which um, there was a meat shortage, and it was unbelievable. Don't ever gripe about meals. Uh, it was the lack of meals during. It was unbelievable. It was it was it was bad. Plus, when I first started, room board and tuition was eighteen hundred dollars. Can you imagine that? Again, I'm dating myself quite a bit here. When I finished, it was over 4,000. That would sort of be like uh, three times what you're having to pay now in the time duration that you were in, uh, the, uh, in college. Inflation was out of sight. It was unbelievable. And uh, car lines, you've heard about that. I remember sitting for several hours in a car line to get gasoline. Uh, they made blocks long. There were riots going on. So, you know, things haven't always been good either. But even with all that going on, um, I, uh, you know, I said we would sing the song and we'd quote the verse with gusto, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I have to stand for the Lord, I will die for him and all of that. And I meant it. And we all mean it. But for it to really come down to our life, unless you are facing that and that kind of decision, that's hard for it to become real. Well, it does become real if we get a hold of the heart of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul in chapter 2. One of the most precious passages in Scripture about Jesus Christ and it is one that is very appropriate to meditate on prior to Easter. Now, I'm not giving an exposition on this because it's just glorious to go through all the aspects of it. But I want to draw out some key thing, thoughts in regard to your spring break coming up 
and, and how you can actually live out for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Did you know you can actually live both sections of that today? See, that's, that's how you have to look at it. Not if I happen to be surrounded by natives and I'll give my life for the Lord. Or when America becomes communist, it already is. But anyway, uh, when it becomes uh, uh, communist and I will take a stand. Well, I hope you will because that's not a given, folks. It's not a given. You're, we're seeing evangelical college after even close to fundamental colleges now capitulating to the administration's rules on uh, the whole uh, gender thing and so forth. And uh, we can talk big, but what are we going to do when the pressure's on? And, but the fact is, you'll never take the stand there if you don't learn this on a daily basis. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. But he didn't die. But he did die. So let me read through chapter 2, starting with verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Now, what's the theme of this passage? Thinking in oneness which is Christ's mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Do note that verse as we go on. Then we have, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal, equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. All right. Become very familiar with passages. But what precedes this great kenosis passage? Well, it's verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then you go into this deepest of all inward explanations of what Christ did for us by coming to this earth. That's how we're to think. And that ties us back to I die daily, or for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Now, young people, we talk about it a lot. It's, we're, we preach about it a lot. But I don't think we fully understand the depth of our selfishness. I mean, it's amazing the transformation that God is able to do in our lives. We are humanly, hopelessly selfish. Now, let's just think theologically for a minute. Before a person is saved, can they do anything righteous according to the scriptures? What does the Bible call their righteousnesses? Filthy rags. You see, even the noble motives, and by the way, does God bless when a country 
and or unsaved people follow principles that are biblical, yes, there's blessing in it, but they did not do it in a way that God can call it righteous. And so that shows you the depth and the um, just the expanse of the selfishness of our sin. Think about how many times testimonies are given here. And that's brought up. You know, all of a sudden you awaken to another aspect of self. <laughs> another layer uh, begins to get peeled off and you think, how could I be thinking like that? Why did I do that? Why did I have that kind of motive? And you realize, oh man, I thought I was doing okay, but no wonder I got in trouble there. No wonder I didn't get it. No wonder uh, I was struggling. I, there was a lot more selfish perspective than I thought there was. And believe me, all of your life, even as you grow in victory and God matures you and you are thrilled about how God uses you, you will be continually realizing that this matter of self has to be overcome moment by moment by the Spirit of God over your flesh. And so uh, this is why this matter of for me to live is Christ and to die is gain is lived out on a daily basis of coming to the place that you understand, to what degree you can understand at that point, your selfishness, and uh, you say no to it by the grace of God, and you are literally, the flesh sort of dies. Have you ever noticed the flesh doesn't like doing right? Have you ever noticed that? Think about some of the decisions you've made. Man, it was painful. It was painful. For instance, if you have to apologize to somebody, do you ever like having to do that? Or confess something? Oh, yeah, yeah, your flesh says you're an idiot. Don't say that. You know, uh, your parents will kill you, you know. Uh, and the flesh doesn't like it. And it's painful. You die. You die to your image. You die to your self, your comfort zone. It is really rugged. Then the Holy Spirit says, would you be willing to go to Belgium, uh, to Congo, if I called you there? And your flesh says, again, you idiot, don't even think about it. Okay. There are snakes there. There are big bugs there, okay? And it's in a constant state of turmoil. Can't be the place I'm supposed to go, right? And you think all those kind of things. And uh, but then you say no to the flesh, and you say, Lord, if that's, I'll go anywhere, and I mean even Congo. I will go to uh, parts of, uh, of the, you know, places that are very difficult, wherever you want me to go. Maybe you think you ought to be a big city pastor. And God says, I want you to go to this small town. Didn't you appreciate our preacher yesterday? 26 years uh, there. I mean, I know that area. Uh, and yet uh, his church is on fire for God. And, um, and he's been faithful. I'm, he, had to, he wasn't saying it at all, woe is me, but he's had to die to self. Uh, his kids have all done super well, and uh, he could have many a pulpit, but for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Are you willing to never be known? 
never to speak somewhere. Ladies, are you willing to be single? You know, these are, these are the real questions of life. And, uh, and, and it's so easy for us to, to I'm going to serve God, and here's how it's going to happen. And uh, then when God says, I'm thankful that you want uh, to serve me, but what if it's this way? What if it's there? What if it looks like this? Well, that's not what I have planned. You know, I, I want to be married by such and such. I want, to, I want to do this and I want to do that. And this is how it's all going to work. By the way, the pathway that God chooses for you, you may think you're dying at the moment, but uh, man, it's just perfect. It's just so good. It is just so marvelous. And you can't figure it out. Oh man, if I knew I'd had to lead a college, I would have fainted as a uh, young preacher. You know, that wasn't on my bucket list of things to do, you know. Because uh, the only guy that I knew at that time that uh, started a a college in his church died of a heart attack in his 50s, you know, and I, I thought, well, in fact, my wife would remind me, don't you ever think of that. Uh, as we got farther down looking at seminary, she said, uh, and before we thought of the college, she said, don't even think about it. I want you for a full life, you know, and uh, she was dead serious about it. And then when it came time for us to decide about a college, she says, you better do it. That's God's will. And uh, she really, uh, that was one of the convincing points there at that point. But w what I'm trying to say is, man, it's just, it, it's an exciting adventure when you get your hands off of it. When you don't tell God the way it's going to be. When you really trust him. Do you believe God's good enough to t that what he says for you to do is, right, is going to be great? Is he big enough to make it happen? See, this is the essence of Christian faith, believing that God can be 100% trusted all the time. But you can say, all right, for me to live is Christ. And then he's going to die his game. You'll never know Christ until you know the sacrifice. You'll never know Christ until you have his mind. You'll never understand him until you're willing to die like he did. That's what it says, folks. Okay. I am not exaggerating what this passage is talking about. Where is Paul when he's writing this? In prison. And, uh, and so he was dying at that time in the sense, I mean, he would get out of this prison, imprisonment, but uh, in his, uh, you know, what he wanted to do, he wasn't able to do from a human standpoint. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now look back at verse 4. I told you to take note of that. Not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now let's get practical in speaking about spring break. Now it is understandable that you are very much happy about when the final class, the professor says you are free to go, for you to inside go, yay, you know, I understand that totally. All right, good. And it's right for you to be excited if you're going home to see your parents that and, and siblings. It's right for you to, uh, to think, oh, no class for one week. Oh, man, it can't be better than that, you know, or whatever. Uh, I hope you don't think that too deeply because 
I, I miss being in classes. I mean, this is, that's, every graduate will tell you, they look back and say, why did I rush through classes so much? I just, now that I look back, wow, you know, that was really uh, an, a wonderful opportunity. But I understand how it goes. Okay. However, is there not a lot of self in what is understandable there? And that's where we lay a trap for ourselves when we go to any vacation, such as Christmas, spring break, summer, whatever it is. We're thinking about how good it's going to be for us. Do you need more sleep? Yes. Do you need some recreation? Yes. Do you need time with your parents if you're going to get it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, do you need whatever you get to do you know, during that time? Yes, 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 and yes. It's all part of uh, just how we're made. There are times the Bible talked about the festivals and the feast, and they took time, and they, you have to have the rhythm. That's the, the seventh-day principle, the Sabbath principle is very important for us and so forth. Okay, all of that is good. But the problem is, if we don't watch out, we step into that vacation with self. For me to live, and we wouldn't think this, for me to live is for me for a little bit here. And wow, what a trap. So verse 4 really helps us. We, right now, understandably, are looking on our own things, aren't we? Get to do this, you're planning this, and you got all kind of ideas of what you're going to do. All of those good, blessing, right, nothing negative about it, unless you're planning the wrong thing. But I mean, it's all good. And, uh, but this mind which is in Christ Jesus ought to be, Lord, I know I need the rest and the refreshment and all that he's going to want you to have. By the way, that's why you need to pray about those things. Plan those things. Let him guide you in those things. Those of you that have been in my time management, you need to put that in Q2, you know, quadrant two. Plan it, and it's right, and God leads you, you can enjoy it. Fine. But approach to this next week ought to be others. That's the secret for a great week and a safe week. And this is, you have to prepare now. You can't think about this on Monday morning. Okay. Now, there's a many different ways you can apply this. But in the context here, and again, I said I'm not expositing this because I'd get right in, you know, to it. But this speaks of the full sacrifice. He is God. And yet he came as man. He emptied himself of the free exercise of his divine attributes. That's just amazing to me. And he, he became a servant, the lowest of all. And uh, seen in John 13 and washing the disciples' feet. And uh, dying on that cross, he died. He, he could not have died, by the way, if, he, if our sin hadn't been on him. So he became a servant to us to take on himself what we could not take. On and on and on and on and on you could go. It's just amazing. So when it says, look every man on the things of others, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, I think, let's put the word sacrifice there. Is that too uh, strong of a proper interpretation of this passage? I don't think so. And that's why I went back to, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. 
Now think about it right now. Uh, what are some things that God might want you to sacrifice to do this coming week? Could it be that you really need to minister to your parents if you're home? Uh, to, you know, I am now one, or I am now three-fourths of a year into my adulthood. You know, I am a college almost done freshman. Wow. I mean, whoa. I mean, that's really amazing. So, you know, I mean, my, I need to obey my parents and all, but, you know, I am now a little bit, they need to treat me. If you think like that, you're, in, you're toast, okay. And you are tempted to think that way, and I have had to deal with teen, uh, teen well, you are a teenager, most of you, uh, that are freshmen, I have had to deal with that. Now, come on, get off your high horse, okay? Uh, and uh, by the way, we try our best to get you off your high horse. If you notice that, just by what you have to do, that helps keep you humble. But, uh, but anyway, the point, though, is your parents, that was hard for you to leave. They may be going through things. There may be pressures. Nothing touches the heart of a parent more than the love and respect of an adult child. I'm telling you, it's gold. Take time. You want to go do things. What about sitting down with mom and just talking to her? Just being an encouragement to her. Why don't you think about the things you really appreciate about her? Sit down with dad. You know, dad may not talk much, or maybe he's very talkative, but most dads don't. <laughs> but take some time with him. Do something for him. Offer to clean the kitchen. Remember those old uh, things you had to do? All the little siblings, if you have younger ones, are going to see what you're going to do. I, you know, I'm above that. No, no. You get right in there and help. You, you, you can see what I'm talking about. In other words, are you willing to sacrifice by the end of the week? Your parents are just really encouraged. Maybe they've even taken a step forward spiritually just by your good spirit and sharing what you've learned and, and uh, doing things for them that you are not told to do. Because, you know, they don't know exactly what to tell you. Because they do want to respect you. They don't want to treat you like a little kid. Some parents sometimes do that. And if they do, that's fine. You just don't, don't, get, don't react to it. They don't know how to adjust to it. They're people, okay? And um, look on the things of others. You know, you say, well, you know, this is my week. That's where you get in trouble. If it's your week, you're going to get into sin. Mark it down. If it's his week, sacrificing for people then you'll be, you will be free. You will absolutely, absolutely be free. How many of you will be with siblings this uh, time? Okay, aren't siblings great? I mean, they're just great. And, um, and uh, you freshmen, how many freshmen have younger siblings? Okay. Now, when you came home at Christmas, they were wondering what college did to you, you know. How impressed were they with BCM? <laughs> uh, how were they impressed? Now, you know, that little five-year-old needs some sacrificial time with you. It goes so deep 
You have no idea. That teenage brother, who's not talking a lot right now, needs you to get him opened up because you care about him. Go do things with him. But that wasn't what my plan was. This is my week. Now, what about that little sister? Even what about that little three-year-old? Of course, they're sort of fun to be with, you know. But honestly, folks, it's a big deal. You say, some of you have large families. That'll be my week. Well, okay, that, that's not bad. <laughs> uh, but invest in them. I'm going to just tell you right now, investment in younger siblings lasts for a lifetime. Let me say it again. Investment in younger siblings lasts for a lifetime. You'll never lose that investment, but you don't do it for yourself. So I'm just being really on the low, on the bottom shelf here, but isn't this where we live? Now, this is my week. No, for me to live as Christ, if I'm going to be ready to die for Christ 20 years from now, I need to die to self in my time. See, we sort of help you die to self by classes and everything you have to do. Now it's your time. Are you willing to die? Uh, to self. What about soul winning? Don't have, you know, you don't have your whatever ministry. Uh, this is the greatest test you have. You ought to figure out what can I do. And listen, most of your churches will be doing something for Easter. And if you're if you're around here, uh, we're in. We've had bad weather. Going to have bad weather again on Saturday. I can't believe it. And so if you could help sacrifice even to get stuff out, you know, that's a great joy. But uh, ask the Lord. Um, last night, uh, I'm leaving, you know, Friday morning for the Bible lands trip. And I had it all planned out. Tuesday night was finally, I was going to get some key things done. And then today, a little bit of time. And then on Thursday and so forth. Just, just a lot of stuff, you know, how it is. And then my wife was talking to a, a surgeon that we have uh, been uh, trying to reach for the Lord. We've given him the gospel. He's a top surgeon in our area. We've been, he's been here a number of times. We've been with him. I had the privilege of leading his uh, bro brother to the Lord, twin brother, before he died. Got to pray at one of the aspects of the reception at the funeral afterwards and all that kind of thing. But they just have never broken through. And um, so my wife was talking to them and uh, said, you know, uh, it sure be, we, we'd just love to go out to eat with you guys. We'll end it up uh, with, well, what about tonight? My, and then my wife texts me, yay, they want to go out to eat tonight. And I go, oh, no. <laughs> uh, now, that's the my week mentality. Because I'm pretty scheduled in what I'm going to do. Um, however, those of you in my class, those things can be rearranged and put somewhere else. Okay, just for you that were in my class. But, uh, but I remember, and I thought, what an idiot that I even thought of that, you know. And ended up two and a half hours with them. And they let me go piece by piece through the heresies of the Roman Catholic Church. And they are some of the most staunch Catholics in the entire well-known. And they were agreeing with me. And you could tell they're this close to getting saved. It was unbelievable. If you know them, it was just a discussion that was off the charts uh, on what God did. And I went home and said, well, 
who cares if I forget my pajamas, that's okay. <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, that was, that, was, that was really good. But you know, it's so wonderful. Then that wasn't a big sacrifice. I was so thrilled to be with him. But I just use that as an immediate example of that's how we can do it. This is my week. Now, what about those little siblings? Or the older siblings? I talk about the younger ones. What about the older ones? And um, what about soul winning? What about taking that extra time? If you're going to be in your home church, ask your pastor. What would you like me to do? I'd like to spend some time out soul winning. Just ask him. That'll nail it down for you. Figure out when you're going to go. And I'm telling you, you'll enjoy your spring break immensely better if you're involved that way. And, um, and of course, many other things that we could, uh, could talk about. Uh, obviously, your own time with the Lord and all that ought not be a sacrifice. That ought to be part of your life.